Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. And special guest, Kayla Saxon, the queen of new releases. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. This is the toilet I have to live with forever now because it's the one in my home. <laughs> it is Sorry. fancy, though. It's a Kohler, which is supposedly like fancy bathroom stuff. Yeah. Well, you got fancy bathroom stuff in I your know, apartment I live in complex. Like, I don't live in a shitty apartment complex, but like it's old. So like it's disproportionately fancy to the rest of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're having dinner in the bathroom because I have a Kohler. I have a fancy toilet. <laughs> oh, my God. I was watching something and it was showing apartments in like New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And there was one where literally it's like this one bedroom apartment. And I've heard that before, but I didn't believe, like, you know, usually you still have a bathroom. No, this one, literally, you have, like, a line of countertop in your kitchen, and the toilet is at the end of it, Ew. in your kitchen. No. Oh, no. Like, you could literally reach up from the toilet and get your popcorn out of the microwave. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I think, you know, we could probably hear from some of our New York listeners that, that would tell us that the tiny apartment is actually quite a thing like i lived in a 400 square foot apartment and i thought that was small but jesus christ this is probably a 200 i have seen some really really tiny oh my god that shouldn't even be legal this this studio is bigger than most of those apartments yeah this studio is probably bigger than the one me and travis lived in three (laughs) three of those in this studio yeah i like my apartment it's old so it's bigger but you all, it's also cheaper. <laughs> it's great. Because it's old. <laughs> yeah. You were like, you could live somewhere nicer. I was like, but I can live somewhere bigger. <laughs> I can't afford bigger. Okay. It's like a 700 square foot apartment. It's huge. Yep. We should probably start off by acknowledging the fact that Vani is not here tonight. Yes. And the reason that she is not here is because her sister has passed away. Her sister had cancer. And so she is in Kansas with her family, and we miss her terribly. Hey, Love you, Vani. We say, miss say you. Say that again, Kayla. I can hardly hear you. Hey, Vani. You need to pull that up. You got to do what she does to me, and you have to be almost touching it. My very bossy about the microphone. I am. For some reason, that one's weird. But she hasn't learned that when Jessica's here and she bosses Jessica around, it makes it worse because <sighs> she gets nervous about I it. I know. I'm like, Jessica... And I'm like, just ignore Martha. It's not because I'm yelling. I'm just wanting us to sound good. So get your ass in front of the microphone. Don't worry, Kayla. She yells at me mean, almost Mean girls. You can't sit with us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so Bonnie, we can't wait to see you next weekend. Love you. Kiss, kiss. Okay, mm-hmm. we're not going to be sad anymore because that would be counterproductive for girls like us. Mm-hmm. And today... We did actually go do something we had planned to do. Unfortunately, Bonnie didn't get to go with us to the Oklahoma Book Festival, which was super fun. Very fun. It was awesome. I'm jealous. You should be. You could have come with us. I had to work in, at, until like 12 last night. You I know. had coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I overslept, so like, it would have been fine. Yeah, it's pretty funny because we get that. Was it, were we already there? No, we were here at the station. 
Yeah, you were leaving. And I said, we're running a little bit late. <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit. I got to get in the shower. Yeah. We're like, what? <laughs> I my, overslept. In my defense, I took two Benadryl last night because I'm having an allergic reaction to my flu shot. I took Ambien. And I had to get up at 5.15 this morning. And it made me feel a bad. trooper, man. And drive from Lawton. But she has children. She's tougher than me. <laughs> uh, that's how that works. Okay. She's so much okay. tougher than me. <laughs> it's true. She did have two children. She did. Yeah. We have to give her kudos. You've had more children than all of us combined. Yeah. Alyssa, you should have been here. I am proud of that. <laughs> Alyssa, I wish you were here that uh, one time I called children like purple people eater. Or, so I, I did something. I have nothing against children, but I was reading this book and it was about this nightmare child. And I, I talked some mad shit about kids and Bonnie wanted to fucking kill me. She was about to reach across the counter and strangle me just because I was like, are horrible. Pull thank you. Thank you. you. I have <laughs> kids and they're horrible. Kids are terrible. I don't like any of my neighborhood kids and they're they just, know it. They, they don't come to my me. house. <laughs> well, to be fair, I have never actually born a child. I have a child. He's adopted. You, and, well, you were giving me some evil eyes too when I said it. Was I? You were like, you've just never had kids, Nicole. It's, well, <laughs> I'm going to go find that you episode. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea how... Um, surprising parenthood can be you really just don't know until you have to go through it it is so traumatic for parents it really is but then i got talked shit about or not we weren't talking shit no we just it's just that you 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 have to go there before you understand how bad it is oh i was a child though i'm not gonna have children it sounds dreadful it is we love our kids but i was horrible but a lot of it sounds dreadful but a lot of it is good too so i mean that love that keeps you going it is that love and they're so goddamn cute that's why you can't kill them. Not everybody's kids. No, that's true. <laughs> it depends how old they I are. I have seen some ugly children. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm betting I wasn't cute at like age 15 when I was in my real like angsty phase. Yeah. No, they can't kill you at that point, though. Ex- except for in, you know, the murder mystery novels. Right. Yeah. I wonder if writers who are parents are more likely to write mystery novels where their teenage children are murdered to take the stress out of their lives. Makes sense. No, go do a do do a poll, Martha. Let me know. Yeah, w- can I you do lo- a Facebook poll? I would love to do that Facebook poll. <laughs> and we'll send some author to jail because be like, we need to like investigate. That lady who killed her husband? Yes. <laughs> Don't do that poll, Martha. <laughs> oh, damn it! Shoot. No, but it was cool because we got to see some. We got to meet a lot of interesting people today. We all wore our three book girl shirts out, and they would see us coming, and they would just be like. Oh, what's that? What's that? And so many people talked to us. I gave out all of the business cards that I had in my purse. I had to supplement them. Yes, I had to get extras from from Melissa. Did you tell David Grand that I reviewed his podcast or his his book on the podcast? <laughs> no, because no. she was Damn. at the David Grand. <laughs> she was at the okay. David Grand one. I was at Marianna Evans. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Marianna Evans, she give you a hug, so everybody's like, "Hey, how does?" No, <laughs> sadly, you know, she was behind a table, so she didn't hug me. But, you know, we did have a great conversation and um, she, I did buy her book, Undercurrents, which I never had the chance to read. She talked about that book coming out the last time she was on the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and she talked a little bit about at that presentation what her new book is about, which is coming out in April. So she's going to come back on the podcast in March. Ooh. Yep. She's really nice. She is. And she she just, she gets right in there with the rest of us. That's what I like about having her on is she's not a shy girl. She, I had fun. Plus, you know, Mantooth. I know. I know, right? It's so weird. Mantooth is the uh, surname of her romantic well, actually, it's their surname. Phelan yeah. Mantooth is her name, her character's name. And Mantooth is Nicole's boyfriend's last name. And it's the weirdest thing in the entire... No, no, that's his last name. <laughs> Mantooth, yeah. That's no, so I will not be Mrs. Mantooth. I'm staying shaded. <laughs> oh, come on. Mrs. Nicole Shaded Mantooth. <laughs> Nicole Mantooth. Mantooth. <laughs> Come on. Damn it. That would be great. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you could see the look on Nicole's face right now. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Take a selfie right now, Nicole. You're blushing. (laughs) Uh, So that was fun. We got to meet some authors and have some books signed and talk to some really cool new people. Who love books. Yes. And then we went over to Norman to the book sale. Yes. And... Walked away with a whole pile of books. I don't think we even spent 20 bucks between us. No. And we came out with a crap load of books. Mm-hmm. And then we even went to a Goodwill store and got some more books. And a tape. And Alyssa found. <laughs> Tell them what you found. Tell them your treasure, Alyssa. <laughs> I found from the 90s a Backstreet Boys for the fans VHS tape. And it is now my most prized possession. Woot woot! She was so happy. <laughs> she Look, was so excited. I really love the Backstreet Boys. I almost died to see them. She <laughs> really in, did almost die to see them. Windstar. <laughs> when they had that When wind. the tornado hit. They were going to redo the concert. And then we got an email a couple weeks ago. And they were like, it's officially canceled. They won't be coming back. Oh, blame them? What the fuck was the point of the suffering? But now I have this tape that is probably really hard to find. So I have it now. I gotta put it in a place of honor somewhere in my apartment. You need to take it to some place that'll put it on a DVD for you. You really they do should. That? Yes. 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 There's one down the street, I think, by UPS. Or <gasps> oh, you can still watch it. Yes. That way you don't have to worry about the tape degrading, which it will. I'm sure it will. Yeah. If it hasn't already. Yeah, it's true. So then you'll have the original copy and then you'll have the watching copy. Yes. Well, because I can't watch it. I don't have a VHS player in my house. I was gonna say, how are you? Planning on maybe just sleeping with the tape? Oh, no, or I just want to have it. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to have this. Which of you is my boyfriend tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Backstreet Boys, all right. <laughs> no, I have no, no idea how the song goes. No. Sorry, you're all way younger than me. I get a, I get a pass on this one. <sighs> Sorry. I'm judging you. Go ahead, Hardcore. judge me. <laughs> judge me. I'm old. I'll be 54 in February. Why did you whisper it? Because it's really scary. <laughs> this is a scary podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Oh my God. We okay. need to talk about horrific things. <laughs> I'm going to be 26. Like, we're not going to talk about it. But yeah, it's we terrifying. are going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it a lot. No. Yes, we are. I Wait. don't want to be old yet, guys. I, Wait, I know I'm not old. Are you not fucking 20? old. No, I know. But I, it's not that. It's not that I feel old. There's no old word in this. It's that 
I feel like I should be more accomplished, more. I, yeah. I feel like my time is running out yeah, to do all of the things I need to do, Alyssa. Yeah, you'll get over it. <laughs> uh, on like Tuesday, I wore all black to work. Like literally, I was wearing like black legging. I think I had a gray cardigan or something. I love it. But I literally was leaving for work and turned to Travis. Martha's going to make fun of me today. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. Open it. And the first thing she said to me when I she saw me was, you're wearing all black. <laughs> No, I did not. Martha, I said that's like my work said, uniform. I said, look at your pretty red necklace, Nicole. So anything else fun and exciting happened this week that I missed out on? We're, next week, we're having cake for Nicole. So if you guys want cake, you're going to have to come up here. Okay. I think, <laughs> I think we might be doing Thursday. No. No, because no. I got to finish this no. bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's First. a big ass book. I think we're doing Friday. I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I started three days ago. That is pretty good for That's three impressive. days. Nicole is trying to tackle House, House of, of leaves. leaves, which I got 99% through and then just said, oh, fuck this. Okay, <laughs> I made it like it. 10% through and was like, fuck this. I made it through flipping through the pages. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looks more intimidating than it really is. Once you actually start reading it, it's really easy. It just scares you the shit out of you when you're it was a very scary book and the only reason i stopped reading it was because we were at the end of october and i hadn't finished it (laughs) so it was like okay i'm saving this for another time maybe i'll try to get back to it and then i can kind of kind of be in on the conversation next week when nicole all right you better catch up Uh, i'm 99 (laughs) percent done (laughs) so you're on like the appendix well no (laughs) okay it's 80%. got an appendix? Yeah. What the fuck is that book, man? <laughs> I'm telling you, it is really so daunting. It was originally written on the internet. Like, some dude just started writing this story, and it got this massive following. Oh, sure. And uh, they refused. Like, the, there's no way you could actually put this into an audiobook or a Kindle book. So no well, of one, course not. They just don't. It's really bizarre. You... In case you wonder what we're talking about, go into a bookstore. Take a stroll. Just open it. Look for the House of Leaves. <laughs> and you will put it back on the shelf. It is just... It's written in experimental publishing style. It's really good, though. Which is just kind of random shit all over the page. Some of the pages don't have anything on them at all, except for one word. But it's really good. And the entire book is about space and your perception and light and... It is really cool. The story itself is really cool. So the the way the book is, like, styled and how it's playing on his, like, what he's talking about. Oh, I get it. I just don't like it. You might like Lincoln and the Bardo then. I don't know. I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't, we ran into a lady today, today at the thing uh-huh. who saw our shirts, asked questions. We gave her our card. We were talking to her and she said, oh, you must. Have you read Lincoln and the Bardo? And both of us are like, oh. Or, or, was that all three of us standing there? Or was, were you there? I one? mean, if it was, I wasn't paying attention anymore. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, she was like, yeah. Um. It was so good. I've read it three times. And Kayla and I just look at each other. We're like, oh. <laughs> look, I've never Maybe heard of it. Maybe I'll try it. What's it called? Lincoln, Lincoln and the Bardo. Bardo. Like like Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. Yes. yes. In? The Bardo. B-A-R-D-O. Oh, found it. Oops. It's, it's real. Like- I, I tried listening to it and I was just immediately put off. I didn't like the style in which it was recorded. And my list of things to read... My pile is so big, I'm not putting anything else in it. Nothing I really, unless I really want to read it, which after listening to it, I'm like, no, 
I don't think so. Not my thing. There's like 20-something narrators on the audience. Yeah, not my thing. No. That's a lot. Somebody else can go do that, not me. (sighs) Shall we go into our spooky as fuck podcast? That was very convincing. (laughs) Okay. We we tried nope. we tried the ghost uh-uh. voices nope. last year. Stop! I didn't say. <laughs> I, I, I was glancing it. up towards the scary microphone, which we tried a couple of different times to put on, and it just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> so dang it! No scary microphone or anything. Oh, Halloweeny. Okay. I think I'm. I might be ready for for Alyssa to begin, and Alyssa's got these. One of the scariest books, supposedly, out there. I have not read The Haunting of Hill House. I'm very excited about it. I've always wanted to read The Haunting of Hill House. This is The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson is like the haunted house book. It is the one. Like anytime, most times when you're reading another haunted house book or you're watching a movie about a haunted house, they've pulled something from Shirley Jackson. Like, this is, like, the definitive work. Now, when was that written, Alyssa? Uh, Do you know? No. Go, somebody Google that shit. Uh, I on. do. Nicole. A while ago? It up a second ago? Nicole didn't bring her fancy schmancy laptop. Published 1959. Yeah, so and, a while ago. Yeah, I knew that it was an old one. <laughs> yes, it's very good. Um, so, this book starts out, and this professor, Professor Montague, has um, sent out these letters to a couple people across the country who have have had some type of psychic encounter or have some type of psychic ability. It's super vague on it. She doesn't spend a lot of... She does not waste time, which I really appreciate. Unlike the last book that I reviewed on this podcast that was just time-wasting for 150 pages, <laughs> Shirley Jackson gets to the point... So he's the people who respond, two women respond. One is named Theodora and one is named Eleanor. And Eleanor is definitely the main character of this story. Um, it's told in third person, but it's limited and it's just limited on Eleanor. Um, and so the one other character, his name is Luke Sanderson, and it's his family that owns the house. And so he's kind of there as a representative for his family, I guess, to make sure that they don't fuck shit up in this old house. <laughs> Don't fuck up our old fancy house, please and thank you. (laughs) Um, So the story starts out and it's Eleanor's big drive to this house. And she's had not so fun of a life for the past 11 years. She's been taking care of her mother who um, wasn't able to take care of herself. Um, It's not really clear what was wrong with her, but her mother died the year before. And um, she doesn't have a great relationship with her sister and her family. And so Eleanor's kind of alone and she's really excited to be going on this trip up to Hill House and to spend some time there with these people. She doesn't know who's going to be there. Um, nowadays, no one would ever I was going to say, do that. that sounds creepy right I now. I would never, <laughs> after receiving a letter from a person, be like, yeah, I'll respond, yes, sure, I will be there. Mm. No background research, just yes, I will come spend some time in a big-ass house with you. Um, but so she drives up, and it's up and really far out of the way um, in these hills, which is why it's called Hill House. There's some big hills nearby. (laughs) (laughs) No, really? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. It's not in the Great Plains? (laughs) It's not in the Great Plains. 
It's not here. It's probably out east <laughs> where there are big old hills. So um, they all get there. Everyone arrives slowly. Um, but Eleanor is first into the house. And the second she arrives at the house, she gets this feeling of doom. Like it's a it's an ugly looking house. It looks kind of evil. Like if you think about. People talk, how have you seen like Amityville Horror? Uh-huh. And like that house kind of has a face. It does kind of. And yeah. so this house is kind of like that. Not in any way that it looks like the Amityville Horror House, but it looks imposing. It looks like it might be sinister. It's got all these sharp angles that aren't quite right. Like just nothing about this house quite sits right. And because of its size, it makes it really imposing and scary. I think I've met some people like that. <laughs> Yeah. You're, you're describing some people right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> but so she gets in and the inside of the house isn't much better. Um, it's really dark because the whole thing is shut up. Every door, like all the doors are shut. All the curtains on all the windows are drawn, even though they seem to be there in like spring or summer. So it's very nice outside. Like, But this house is completely dark on the inside. And so there's this old caretaker and his wife and his wife takes care of the inside of the house. And her name is Mrs. Dudley. Man, oh man, does Mrs. Dudley make it clear she does not stay there after dark. So she and her husband go up during the day and take care of the house and the land and stuff. And then they leave before it gets dark and they go back to wherever it is they live. And of course, there's a lot of foreshadowing, I'm guessing. Because you said, boy, does she make it clear. (laughs) She just says, she says, I don't stay at night. Multiple times she says, I don't stay at night. I leave at six. I will not stay a second longer. She's... I mean, that's pretty much it. She's just real adamant. She's like, this is when I do things. This is the schedule. I won't deviate just because you're here. I am leaving at Judge 6 o'clock. Wapner. Judge, Judge Wapner. Yes. I am leaving at 6 o'clock. This is it. <laughs> so slowly but surely, everyone else shows up. And, and Eleanor is kind of shy. She hasn't really had any human interaction, really, except for her mom for 11 years. And her mom, based on her memories, doesn't seem like to be a particularly pleasant lady anyway. And so everyone starts to show up. And Theodora is... She's very fun and carefree and seems to live this kind of like fancy, like freewheeling life. Like she's very powerful and like knows herself. And Eleanor is kind of the opposite of that. And Dr. Montague is kind of like this middle-aged professor. And Luke is this kind of carefree, like describes him. He really like, he likes to just, he's a petty thief. He just likes to sometimes steal some things Ooh. from people. But he's not described sinisterly. It's almost like he's just like a kid. Who hasn't like quite figured it out? And his thing is like, I'm gonna take like this ashtray and put it in my pocket. It's really weird. <laughs> he seems like an odd kid, but so the first night, um, they're there. Things seem to go fine. The only weird thing that's really happening is they can't get any of the doors to stay open. So they'll open a door and leave it open, but when they come back, to it'll be shut. Like to go back to the room. So it's really weird, and you're like, oh, this is hmm. predicting things to come, maybe. You don't know. Um, And so the next day, the professor kind of gives us history of this house. And the reason that it feels kind of terrifying, even without anything bad having happened, is because the man who designed it, Hugh Crane. Sorry, microphone. um, The man who designed it, Hugh Crane, he he designed it so that everything was just slightly off. So we're used to having rooms with like 90 degree angles and they sit square and like... So you don't even stairs realize. Stairs are supposed to be flat, but their, their stairs are like 
tilted just a little bit downward and doors aren't quite where they're supposed to be and windows aren't quite where they're supposed to be. And so when you go in the house, it throws your equilibrium off because your brain is trying, your brain can't square away the fact that it's wrong because your your brain is trained to believe, well, this is how rooms are set up. Like right. this, this room wouldn't have a 92 wow. degree angle wall. That is seriously sinister. Yeah. It really is. And so it really, like it throws you off. Like when two walls come together, they should have a 90 degree angle unless it's a room that's directly designed to be different Mm -hmm. and so but they're just slight and it throws the whole house off so like they should be able to see this tower from their windows but they can't and that's because the whole house has been thrown off just enough that nothing is where it's supposed to be and so all day they kind of explore the house and this funny thing happens again where they're kind of propping all these doors open so they can just go straight back through and they're opening windows because they don't like that it's dark because why would you keep it dark when it's perfectly nice outside? You open the windows, open the curtains. It seems to be, they don't really talk about, they don't really talk about there being air conditioning and so I'm wondering if it's in the north because for a long time, yeah, took a lot longer to for air conditioning to be as common it's because not common they didn't because they didn't need it. Yeah, we, well, we didn't at have the air time conditioning. period of this. I don't think it was normal to have <clears throat> air conditioning, anyways. Right, unless you were very in nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. Because in Wyoming we didn't have an air conditioner. My, my mom, mom when she grew up, she didn't have. You didn't an need AC. one. My mom it was didn't only either that hot just a few times a year. Mm-hmm. So we never needed it. Yeah, they're going through this house and. They've opened all the doors and windows because they're like, it doesn't need to be this dark and it's kind of creepy and it's hard to see even though it's daytime. So they've opened them all and when they're done, they're like, okay, let's go back to, they've set up this parlor as kind of like their meeting area. They've got all this like comfy furniture in there and they've got like games and stuff to do. All the doors are shut. All the windows have been closed and all the, and all the blinds are shut. Well, not the blinds, the drapes. This is not a time of blinds. (laughs) Drape. All the drapes are closed again and they're like, well, this has to be Mrs. Dudley. And Mrs. Dudley this leaves mean, at six. This mean, well, this is the middle of the day. Oh. So this mean late, they're like, she just really likes it dark in here. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like, she does not like any, she really likes her schedule, so maybe she doesn't like anything out of place. Um, and that's where things kind of start to ramp up. That night, um, Luke and the professor, they hear themselves being called away by what they think is Mrs. Dudley. So they're worried that something's happened to her because she's stayed late. They're like, well, she never does that. So, you know, has something happened? And they go downstairs. And when they've been, once they've gone downstairs, there's this extremely loud knocking noise upstairs. And Theodora and Eleanor are still up there. And so they hear it. And the knocking is coming. And it's going to every door. It's this big, long hallway with all the rooms, like, on opposite sides. And so they hear it. And it's zigzagging. And it's going from door to door to door to door, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it gets to their door. And it's really, really loud. And one of them screams for it to go away. And the sound stops. And that's when you know that bad shit is starting to to happen in this story. I don't want to give the whole thing away. But that's when it really gets started. It was really good. Because my last quote-unquote scary book was a big old disappointment. Because I'm afraid (laughs) of everything. I don't know that I've ever got out and out scared. But it's just really spooky and you feel really tense. It was re- mm-hmm. I get why this is kind of the definitive thing because because it's older, it doesn't seem as scary, I think. Um, which is why I like 
doing period piece scary things <laughs> because it can't be happening right now because it already happened back then. <laughs> we have different stuff now. I'm um, with you on that logic. Right? <laughs> we'll um, take that. It's ju- it's such a good story and it really moves along and it's why. So I wanted to read it originally a while ago because it's the basis for a bunch of movies and a bunch of books. Um, there's a movie called The Haunting of Hill House with Vincent Price in it. They redid it in like 2000. It's called The Haunting. It's not good. Yeah, I think I saw that one. It's the one with like, it's like Liam Neeson and Catherine Zeta-Jones yes, and I saw Owen Wilson. One. And it's, it's terrible. Really weird it's really, really terrible. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Um, but then my favorite miniseries of all time is Rose Red and Stephen King wrote it. And I didn't, re- I knew it was based off of this and it was based off of like the Winchester Mystery House in California. Right. But like Rose Red is like a bunch of the stuff I was like, this was pulled directly from the Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> I wonder if Shirley Jackson got a cut really, of that. Really, really interesting. It was, it was, su- it's such a good story. I really recommend it. Well, too. now and there's a Netflix series. Yeah, there is. Just I'm really excited out. about that. Yeah. Uh, now that I finished the people book, people are saying they've, they're, the people have been fainting and all kinds Tim of. Tim Part Netflix series. Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently it can cause indigestion if you go to sleep right after you watch it. Interesting. <laughs> it's supposed to be really good. Apparently, it's clearly they don't know me very it's well. It's loosely based. Like, it's not like this is an adaptation of The Haunting of Hill House. It's oh, more okay. inspired, but I, yeah, I definitely want to watch that. This book was really good. I feel much better about Horror Month on the podcast now. <laughs> I want right. to read that. It's, it's very good. It's not very long either. So, I've got the Kindle version because I looked for a paperback version and everyone was like, we can get that to you in like a week or two. And I was like, that's not helpful. <laughs> that's what I had trouble. Like House of Leaves, mm-hmm. I, I, I could not find it. Yep. But I finally, like on Amazon, I got it in the used section. Mm-hmm. But nowhere had it like in store, even though no. it's not even old. It's from like 2000. Yeah. I went to like three half price books. I went to a Barnes and Noble and like they've re- they just did like a reprinting of it. Like Penguin House did a bunch of like reprintings of horror stuff. It's got like a Ford by Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Couldn't find it anywhere. Hmm. But well, yeah, it was really good. I really highly suggest it. And it was The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Wow, what a good way to start yeah. off. I love that. What? No, I just feel like up until this week, my books have sucked. I'm sorry. No, I'm <laughs> I had a horrible. Short, I liked your short stories I'm review. I'm not specifically singling you out, Nicole. No, I'm singling myself out because that's how I felt, anyways. I mean, I had a big disappointment. Like I was not thrilled about well, the little stranger. That's the the difficulty about reading about picking horror. something, and you're like, this yeah. is what I'm gonna read, and then once you've read it, you're like, well, I don't have another option. Well, that yeah. and the fact that not everybody likes horror. We do it because it's October, and it's the only time we do a theme. But it gets harder every time we do it. This is the most non-romance I've read back to back in like <laughs> years. And how do you feel about that? Alyssa? I mean, pretty good. I'm still really disappointed about the last one. But like this was a really good book. And I the fact that I was meaning to read it and I was finally like, you have a reason. Just read the <laughs> thing that you want right now. <laughs> OK, shall we move right along? See if Kayla is going to add to the fun. Got to move or it along. Kayla. <laughs> Stop rolling your eyeballs back in your head. They can't see you. That would be pretty scary, though. <laughs> I read Saw Kill Girls by Claire Legrand. I picked it because one of the other podcasts I follow, one of their podcasters was like, oh, this book is really good. It's like 
Stephen King it without the creepy sex part at the end of the book. And I was like, cool, because I liked it. But, you know, they have that creepy. So I ordered it on Amazon and I started reading it. So it's about (laughs) more eye rolls. (laughs) It's a young adult book. But it's, it categorized it as horror and a little bit of fantasy. And I was like, that's okay, because I'm a scaredy cat. I can't read scary books. So I said, okay, this would be perfect. So it opens up with Marion and her mother and her sister. They're going to Saw Kill Rock because their father has just passed away. And their mom is going to be a housekeeper with another family, the Mortimers. So they get there and they're in a small northeastern town, I want to say it is. So they get there and... The mom is going to set stuff up and a police officer comes up and Marion's looking at his horse because they still have horses. And so he's like, well, do you want to you want to ride the horse? And she's like, well, I don't know. I've never been on a horse. He's like, sure, go ahead and get up there. So she gets on this horse and the horse freaks out and takes off. Oh, shit. Hey, that's actually happened to me. He takes off and she like starts hearing this screaming like she can feel it through her bones and stuff. So the horse finally throws her. And Whoa. she's on the ground basically convulsing. Damn. So they, they think maybe she's just having a seizure, but she's actually really feeling something. And the horse runs off and they don't find it for hours. So then the police officer's daughter happens to be in the police station. Her name is Zoe. Okay. So Zoe sees all this happening. So she runs out there and they're trying to figure out what's going on. So Marion's sister Charlotte comes and she's like, get up. They take her. So they take them to the Mortimer house. And the Mortimers call their doctor in to check her out. So they're like, oh, she's fine. She just has to take some medicine. She might have a concussion. But she's still freaked out because she can still feel this kind of weird screaming in her body. So then Valerie and Zoe don't like each other. And at this point that they've moved, that the that Mary has moved to this town, I think two girls have gone missing, just up and missing. They haven't found a trace of them. But... This town has a history of girls going missing that they haven't found. So Zoe's convinced that something bad has happened, but nobody wants to listen to her because nobody listens to the children. Nope, they never do. So the story is told from each of the three girls' point of view. It flows like that. So each chapter is a different girl. Well, you find out Valerie and her mom, (laughs) they are tied to something, literally. Their family is tied to this monster that lives in the woods but nobody can see it. Valerie's job is to go befriend girls oh, to my. take to the monster. Oh, holy crap. But he has, he's specific about what he wants. <laughs> they have to be pretty and, you know, and I was like, okay. So Zoe finds this book in her dad's house that has all this Latin in it, has all these pictures and all this history, and it has all the pictures of all the girls who have gone missing. So she's like, something is going on here. And her dad gets so upset when he finds, he sees that she has this book. He flips out. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's in on it. So you follow the story along and then Valerie, quote unquote, falls for Mary. And this is when I was like, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to finish this. Cause, you know. Because they're girls? No, because I'm just like, really, do you have to throw in some love here? Oh, Mostly. I see. And that would yeah. be me. Yeah. I, I must be rubbing off on you or something. Like, I'm like, really? Romance right here? So, yeah, you're right. you know, Zoe's like, well, try to find some information out. So they, Marion and Zoe go sneak into Valerie's house and they find this secret room and all this weird stuff. And for some reason, nobody messes with 
Valerie's mom. They they come out there, they question her, and they leave her alone. Anything that happens on her property, they don't really question. They leave her alone. Come to find out, it's because of this thing that they're tied to. Mm. Well, he is getting stronger. The more girls that they bring him, the stronger he gets. And eventually, I guess, he's not going to need them. So Zoe gets her friend Grayson to translate the book that she found. And he was like, well, there is something here. Because now Zoe develops these powers. Valerie has to decide whether she's going to follow in her family's footsteps of being another female who births a female child for this monster. Ew. And Marion is just kind of like in the flow of things. Her sister goes missing. Her dad's already dead. Her mom kind of goes into a depression. So you follow these girls and it comes to head that they know that the monster exists. So then they have to figure out how to defeat it. So they do. There's a major thing going on so in here. So they do. So I was really expecting <laughs> a lot more out of it. I guess if I were, if I read more young adult fiction, I would have yeah. really enjoyed it. Or if I were a young adult, I really would have enjoyed it. But I yeah. don't read a lot of young adult fiction. It wasn't a terrible book. And I'm my son said he would like to read it. He probably would enjoy it. He's 12. Right. But I, yeah. it was okay. You know, it ended and I, it ended to where I was like, well, she probably could write a sequel for this. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it's really hard to go back to reading young adult when you've been reading adult. And there's some that I can read, but this was one that I was like, oh. Certain ones. We were talking yeah. about this in the mm-hmm. car. Kayla and I were talking about young adult books in general. And I said, The Hobbit was written for children. John Green but there's a huge difference in the style because he writes as if he's writing for adults. It just happens to have a theme that children would enjoy. And that's the kind of young adult novel I like to read, like Harry Potter. It's written with a complex style that children will enjoy, but it's basically not that different in the writing style as it is from... I mean, I don't think it is. It's very complex. So... When they write down to kids or young adults, I don't like that. And it it's sounds very, to me like this one was. Writing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I probably should have just suffered and read The Shining. <laughs> Dude, that book is scary as fuck. Yeah, that's I why could, she didn't why read I, it. I, Girl, I tried no. to read it before and I was don't like, do it. I can't do it. I couldn't sleep with my back to the room for like a week. <laughs> oh, it was so scary. <laughs> I, tell you, I was halfway through this book and I was like, oh my God. I have to finish it because it's too late to start anything else. <laughs> that is okay. one of Stephen King's shortest works, though. What? The, the Shining? Shining? Yeah. yeah Maybe I should long. try that. I tried to read one of his books, but it was really long and I gave up. Shining's yeah. pretty short. There is no, like, well, because, like, some That's of his used book. to be shorter, but then they were like, oh, you're really good. You can write as many words as you would well, like, No, the sir. thing is, is they took his first three novels, three three or four novels, and cut the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. And then after he got famous, he went and put all that stuff back in. Yeah. But The Shining's not like that. The no. Shining is just, it's like maybe 300 pages. Yeah, it's not that long. It's not that long. It's very manageable, but very scary. I'm going to read the sequel. Freaky. You had to tell me if that's good. Because I was, I was thinking about it this month and I didn't. Yeah, I almost read that. Maybe I'll still read that. I have it. I have them both. But All right. I give us the title and artist of It your... was uh, Saw Kill Girls by Claire Legrand. And it just came out this month, I think. Okay. Let's move along. So mine is a little bit different type of a scary book, but it's Andromeda Strain, which somebody had to tell me it was pronounced Andromeda because I kept saying Andromeda. (laughs) 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but when you learn words because you read I, them, and, and you don't know how to pronounce them. We're not going to laugh at you for that reason. But Andromeda Strain, and it's by Michael Crichton, who's one of my favorite <gasps> authors because Jurassic Park. Because duh. Jurassic Park. That's all I got to say. And Sphere. I've read that. That's my favorite. But dinosaurs, guys. I, I kind of liked Timeline myself. Not very many people liked that. But I liked I Timeline. Totally the movie is not it. good. No, <laughs> dug it, digged it, dug it. I dug it. The movie? Also, ER no, is my favorite TV show. Movie. ER, favorite TV show. That's true. This directed is perfect for you. by Michael Crichton. Well, there you go. Okay, anyways. So, uh, Andromeda Strain is really interesting, very scientific. Um, it is about a space program in which they send probes into outer space-ish probes. into the atmosphere because they believe that when during throughout evolution it is possible that bacteria may have evolved to survive in our atmosphere rather than just on like the surface of the planet so they send these probes out right probes but at the same time, this is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for the help, Martha. Probe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. At the same time, uh, they're starting this uh, like space exploration deal with the the probes. Martha's favorite word. Probes. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are a group of scientists who are trying to convince the government that we need to have a plan in the event of any sort of. Well, one, like if an alien ever showed up to Earth, we need to have a place where we can like test it, make sure. Or like if um, bacteria ever changes, we need to have a place where they can study it and make sure it's not going to like kill the world. So we need to have like a like a bunker that's a safe place to do experimentation. Pretty much. Um, So they convinced the U.S. government that to build this bunker and it's uh, six floors. Um, It's a group of. Four scientists, I believe, uh, from all over the world. One's a surgeon. Uh, one is, he only really studies bacteria. There's another guy that, uh, I, they have different ones for doing all different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one day, one of the probes, they actually fall from the sky and somebody has to go search and pick them up. These two guys go to pick the thing up. Um, and they're following the GPS, and it says it's like 12 miles north of a town. Well, they have to drive through this town that's tiny, has like 40, a population of 40, 39, or something like that. And they're driving through, and there's just dead bodies everywhere. Mm. Um, and so they call into NASA and say, like, look, dude, this is going on. Um, I think we need to go figure out. What like what happened? Because there's no we see no signs of life in this town, and so the, they open their door, and you can hear like a scream, and the radio goes dead. So something happens to those guys. So, uh, <laughs> so NASA and the U.S. government call in these scientists who had agreed to be, you know, the scientists for if something like this ever happened, and they have to go get them and. I mean, they have no idea that this is going on. They literally just take them out of their normal life. One guy's having a party. The other guy's in the middle of surgery. And they go and, the, like, these military people show up and are like, we need you right now. And they get on an airplane and are taken first to the bunker, 
Um, but they have to take a helicopter to this town and they wear like spacesuits kind of mm-hmm. to keep hazmat suits. Yeah. They go through the town and they find the probe um, and they bring it back. But they also, <laughs> while they're there, they find a, a baby, an infant that is still alive. But they also find an old man that's still alive. And so oh. they bring both of them back to the bunker as well. I am so fucking reading this book. I am so reading this book. This is this is like the first chapter. I'm not, oh, this is so my thing. But so they get back to the bunker and the bunker has, again, six levels. But each time you go from one level to the next, you have to go through a certain amount of like decontamination. But the first level is like it takes 15 minutes to an hour. Like you just have some weird bath or whatever. But each in between each level, you have longer amounts of decontamination periods. So for them to get to the sixth floor, the bottom floor, it actually takes them like 30 hours, which I thought was fascinating. And so they and the uh, very bottom floor is where they have the uh, like the little capsule um, that they need to study, as well as the infant and the old man who are in the same room. And it's really fascinating. And Michael Crichton goes into so much um, detail on because they have to study. They have to figure out if there's some sort of bacteria inside the capsule that is causing people to just drop dead. And if there is this bacteria, is it a bacteria? Is it a virus? What is like? Is it an alien? Like they have no idea. Um, and they're trying to do it before like the world goes to shit because they don't know if it could spread from the little town it was in or or where it's going to go next or anything. Dang. So it's scary in that way. But because of how scientific it is, it kind of takes a little bit of the the scary part away. Like I, right, because they're breaking it down. And Michael Crichton breaks it down. Like down, down, like he goes, he talks about um, like different types of x-ray machines, like some oh, super wow. fancy one and like all these tests they're doing. And on. this is not a new book either. It's an older book. No. 70s, maybe? Uh, 1969. Okay. And it takes place close. in the late 50s, I think. Okay. So. Did you buy the book? Yeah. You want to borrow it? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. I would definitely read that. I bought it used so that the cover ah, is ripped right. off, so I had to take it off. It was like all, but it's really good and I would recommend it. Uh, It's also less than 300 pages, I believe. It was relatively short and my suggestion was, would be to actually just read the whole thing at once because I think, especially if you want the scare out of it, it'll help. But it was, you just have to power through some of the scientific stuff and it's really good. I liked the scientific stuff, but I know, especially reading all these reviews on Goodreads, it I never pissed a lot of people off. I never, ever I, read the reviews. Yeah. I Sometimes I'm just interested yeah. in, in what they After I read it, then I'll look at it. Yeah, them. that's what I... Yeah, yeah. But I would recommend it, and it's called The Andromeda Strain by Michael Crichton. Again, Bro. Jurassic Park. Bro. <laughs> I love that word. It, it, always, it always makes me think of aliens... You know, taking over the earth, you automatically get the probe up the ass, you know? That's what it makes me think of. The probe. <laughs> Stephen King, anybody? Anybody? Woo-hoo. I actually listened to this on vacation. My my last vacation, which would be when I went up to Wyoming, because I was by myself. Originally, Dylan was going to go with me and it ended up, ended up not going. 
So I had the entire time in the car, a thousand miles by myself. Yes. So I listened to this entire book on the way up there. Damn, that's a lot of hours. It's a lot of hours. So the name of the book is The Outsider by Stephen King. And it's actually tied to the series. Well, Bill Hodges. Yeah, the Bill Hodges. So anyway, um, it is a continuation of some of the characters from the Bill Hodges series of Stephen King, which began with Mr. Mercedes, which was fucking awesome. And this, however, at first you don't even realize the connection. And honestly, when I picked it up, I didn't know. I don't really listen or take in information about these books. I just go, oh, a new Stephen King. (laughs) And I buy it. If the back looks good. Um, I don't even think I read the back of this one. I think I just got it because I saw the front and I went, oh, Stephen King. I'm going to be by myself. Okay, I'll have that. (laughs) And the beginning of it, it doesn't really sort of fit in to the way the other ones began. It starts out in... There is a murder in the town, and there are a lot of witnesses that say that the baseball coach in town was acting strangely, covered in blood, you know, all kinds of this stuff where they saw him. And so the police right away go, okay, well, that's enough for us. And what a sick son of a bitch and blah, 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 you know. And they decide that they're going to go get him in the middle of a baseball game. So they go over to arrest him in the middle of a Little League baseball game. It's not traumatic for children at all. Right. So they, you know, basically walk in and take him out in handcuffs. It's a fairly small town. Everybody knows this guy. I mean, he is a beloved teacher and coach. So here are the, all these witnesses have seen him. The DNA evidence comes back, says it's him. However, there is video evidence that this guy was at a writer's conference in another town on that day with fellow teachers. Ooh. So now you're asking yourself, okay, This is not a mystery podcast. This is a horror podcast. Why the hell are you doing a mystery? Well, that's the most horrible thing I can imagine. It's a scary mystery. Well, there's it it gets way worse than that. The horror aspect of this book does come in and it punches hard, (laughs) really hard. For one thing, if you take science and make it for me, that's that's the most horrible thing I can imagine is not being able to rely on something scientific that you know to be accurate. And in this case, they can't figure it out. They can't figure out how this guy could be in two places at once. They have him on video asking questions at a writer's conference miles and miles away, and he's staying with his fellow teachers. But yet, they have his DNA evidence on this murdered child. So... There begins the mystery, and the investigation actually pulls in a familiar face. Um, shit, I can't remember her name. Christ, what is her name? Hold on. Holly. Holly. Um, Holly was the one of the characters from the previous 
um, Stephen King novel in the series, she was sort of the almost autistic person who was helping investigate crimes with Bill Hodges. And she makes an appearance when asked to come and help figure out what the hell is going on. And she, when she kind of hears some of the details, she readily agrees to come. Because to her, it sounds an awful lot like some things she's dealt with before that don't sound very believable to most people. So there's a very, very big supernatural horror type section to this book that starts to creep in fairly quickly that you're going, holy crap. And it is, I found it absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, there was a, there were a few times where you really had to suspend your disbelief though. I mean, there, there was some seriously weird shit in it, which is okay because that's what I was in it for in the first place. Um, and a, a lot of people who um, aren't used to his style of writing might find it a little gory or grisly. And like I said, it gets pretty damn unbelievable towards the end. So if you're going to be really like Vonnie when it comes to, well, this doesn't make sense because this, this, this. No, you got to just let that go and go with the fun of the horror that comes at, near the end. I mean, in It, there's a clown in a sewer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah it, was, it, was, it did that at the King. end too. It was yeah. like, and it yeah. was like, what? Where are you? What are what you is doing? This? Yeah. What happened? You just have to let let it go at yeah. that point and just enjoy the, the horror ride because that's that's what you're in this for, is the horror ride, and you get that out of this book. I really, having been a Stephen King fan for years, it takes kind of a lot to piss me off when it comes to you know I didn't like Sleeping Beauties at all which was the one that he did with his son, Owen. I just didn't care for that. It was just too far. This one, right on track. I'll take it any day. Loved it. Um, recommend it to Stephen King fan. But like I said, if you're a little too much on the skeptical side, you probably want to skip this one. The name of the book is The Outsider by Stephen King. I saw the greatest it meme, and it was from... Okay, it's the clown under in the sewer. Uh huh. But then, what's his face from that movie that I've never actually seen, but I've seen memes about it, like with the saying the shitter's fool, and he's got the. Oh, you've never seen Eddie? Christmas Vacation? <laughs> we watch that thing he's, every year. But he's put in the like the sewage, into, and the clown is like <laughs> drowning under in the coming out of the sewer. Oh my god! <laughs> I had a color for him for for our Halloween party last year. He was cousin Eddie. Oh and he god. won the best costume contest. Well, that's a pretty good costume. Yeah, it is. He brought some like pipe and everything. <laughs> he had an omelet cigar in his mouth. I, I'm gonna have to go find that now, so I can share it on Facebook. Martha, your review gave me goosebumps. Did it really? Yeah. I've been wanting to read that, but I, I wonder like if really I have to finish like, the other ones first. That was, I kind of want to read that, but I don't want to be scared. It was. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> I hate being scared. I am, a, I am a 100% science person. I don't believe in stuff that does not exist. I don't. Period. The end. Any of it. Mm -hmm. When you fuck around with my science, it scares me. <laughs> It's really scary when the DNA says this guy was the killer and he's not. And it, I mean, it was really frightening to me. Mm -mm. I was like, wait a second. You can't. No, 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 that's actually scientific. 
Yeah, it was frightening. Nicole, I see you on there. Can you please just send that meme to everyone? <laughs> yes. I want it too. <laughs> you need to put it up on the put it up on the uh, share it to the Three Book Girls Facebook page. I just sent it to you. Wait, oh, okay. it's not sending. Yeah, Stephen King is the king for a reason. He really is. He's really very good. I think I've only ever read one thing by him that didn't scare me. I read Bag of Bones, and I just. Actually, I wasn't scared by Salem's Lot at all. And that one's supposed to be really scary. And I was like, this is just a vampire story. Next, please. Yeah, well, <laughs> vampires scare the living shit out of me. Not anymore, <laughs> but because I've read so many vampire stories that they don't frighten me anymore. But for the most part. Oh, if you read Andromeda Strain, it it is very realistic. I think from what I know of biology and what I learned in my basic bi- biology classes, <clears throat> I feel like his everything is very correct mm-hmm. but he, then he starts talking about like uh things living in the atmosphere which is we think te- you know technically we think nothing can live in outer space yeah so some people got really pissed off about that oh well, so we've, as long, but he he yeah, justifies it he by saying there's like through evolution how do we know that our bacteria did not evolve to live in our atmosphere right it's fair there there are yeah Science, the great thing about science is, is when you prove something wrong, mm-hmm. they go, okay, you've proven it now. I can see your proof. Okay, I'll accept that. If enough people, you know, can replicate, mm-hmm. then they'll go, okay, that's a great thing about science. And since that book was written, they've discovered that all sorts of things can live in inhospitable conditions. I mean, cripes, they're calling certain types of... um Arsenic, or is it arsenic? Life, they, life forms. They found water on Mars. Yeah, they found water mm-hmm. on Mars. They found uh, lots of things can live without oxygen. Uh, the, the other thing about Andromeda strain, one of most arsenic no. interesting passages I read is they're talking about different forms of life, but he's like, a fucking rock is alive, dude, and we are but a blink in its it lifetime because rocks live billions of years. And I was like, that's kind of cool. That's one of the th- one of the reasons I collect <laughs> rocks because when you dig a rock out of the ground, you're probably the first person that's ever touched that. Mm-hmm. It's just so profound to me. I love rocks. I think they're awesome. Never thought of rocks that way before. I love them. Oh shush! I'm a little nerdy when it comes to my rocks. Okay. I mean, my sister used to be really into collecting rocks, except every time she came inside, my mom would make her empty her pockets because my sister, every time she walked our dog, would just fill her pockets with rocks. <laughs> That's me. My mom washed <laughs> the coat me. one time with <laughs> rocks in the dryer. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My nephew used to have, like, ro- he would steal rocks all the time mm-hmm. and hide them in his room and be like, this is my rock. Yeah. It wasn't anything profound. Like my sister five. just, like, picking up rocks <laughs> off the ground, putting them in her pocket. Jakari does that. I find like, why are these rocks in my washing machine? <laughs> okay, kids. I think we're done for the, for the week. I think we've had our scare. We got some really good scary books out of this week. We did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody had a pretty good... That story, Kayla, sounded... If it hadn't been for the, the young adultish nature of it, it sounded like it's a pretty good scary story, really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for, for a younger person. So I think we did good this week, girls. And of course, we're going to be back next week with more scary stuff because next week is the last week in October and then we can go back to our regular reading. And I am for sure reviewing House of Leaves. She said it on air. 
<laughs> it's okay. happening. He has to do House it. of Leaves next week for Nicola. I was trying to get it done for last year, but I just didn't get it done. <laughs> <laughs> my car smells like Middle Eastern food. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Right. We were talking so about this. I bought a carpet because mine got ruined. And on Facebook Marketplace the other day, there was a carpet. It wasn't the same carpet, but it had the same color scheme as my old one. And I was like, yes, this will tie both sides of my like, it's not a dining room because I just put bookcases in it. <laughs> That's okay. What That's considered a... Uh, yeah. yeah. Where the table should technically be, my bookcases that are red and my couch that is green, it ties it together and it's beautiful. And so I bought it from this woman. She only wanted $20 for it. And I was like, sweet. <laughs> so I got it and it was fine. Like, I didn't think about it. It wasn't, there wasn't anything weird about it. And I was the like, cool, this looks good. I put it in my car. Carpet. And then that night I had a bunch of stuff to do. So I just left it in the back seat of my car. Well, the next morning I opened the door and I was like, <laughs> why does my car smell like Middle Eastern food? And then I looked in the back seat and I was like, that carpet. Because all carpets you own absorb the smell of the things you cook. <laughs> so now, if I bring it inside, I have to immediately clean it, or my whole apartment will smell Febreze. Like get a lot of Febreze. <laughs> but so I'm like, I just don't have the energy to like do this undertaking, and so I'm just sitting in my car. And every time I get in my car, it smells like Middle Eastern food. This has been going Middle on Eastern food since Tuesday. <laughs> I'd be okay with that because I love Middle East. Yeah, no, it's not bad, but it's just like weird. Why? <laughs> what do Why I want for this? dinner? Hmm. It's the haunted carpet. It is. It's a. It's. It's got a haunted smells. <laughs> At least it doesn't smell like feet. <laughs> that's true. Or cat piss. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Gross. Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> My mind went in a totally different direction. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not that carpet, Kayla. For once, it wasn't me with my mind in the gutter. That's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.